I just look at this as an art like I look at jazz. You know, I mean, yeah. it is a lost art to think that it takes 300 hands from a seed to a cigar. We hear it in the media all the time. We've read it for many years, but it baffles me uh, that we don't really appreciate it in that sense of the art form. You're listening to Box Press, where we are passionate about cigars and how to care for them. Welcome to another episode of Box Press. I'm your host, Rob with Boveda. I got Robert Holt here from Southern Draw Cigar. Thank you, Robert, for joining us. Thank you for the invitation. It's going to be a great weekend for all of us, I think. I agree. We are at Casa de Monte Cristo in Houston, Texas, in the West Loop area. We're here for a cigar event that we are going to partake in. And actually, Robert, you kind of have a new cigar that's going to come out at this event, and it goes to charity. Tell us a little bit about that because it's sitting right here in front of us. Absolutely. And I I would like to prefer that it's a we thing, right? Correct. As noted, we're at Casa de Monte Cristo. Um, Number two, this is a Southern Draw new release of the Jacobs Ladder Lancero. Perfect. Episode, edition, box press. So this is a special release cigar that we've uh, placed in the 10 count humid jars um, that is going to be available only at the Casa de Monte Cristo corporate stores tomorrow uh, from 10 a.m. on and... uh, Launched there at the Texas Cigar Festival at the uh, 1960 Champion Store. Nice. All right. So this project, which, of course, you and uh, Bovida are a corporate sponsor, right? Your yeah. name's right here on there. We, we got to make that. sure we have that same quality. But really, this project is uh, a new strategy for us that we announced earlier last week, uh, a charitable strategy with the challenges of the FDA, uh, the challenges of each company understanding what the deeming regs are, maybe what their legal counsel and advice is. Um, how can we uh, contribute quantifiable amounts of money and contribute quantifiable amounts of cigars, deliver those to the charity? In this case, we've selected Cigars for Wars. It's an organization that uh, we've supported uh, since our inception. As a, as a veteran myself, I would have loved not only to get a cigar, uh, but nowadays to get a good cigar, maybe a new release cigar, and I would love it to have good quality control with that boba to pack in there as well. Right. What does that mean? So as a veteran and you were, you know, obviously away from home, having that cigar, is that a mental thing to bring you back to like, hey, you know, I'm still at home sort of? Or what? what's kind of the, the caveat there? From my own experience, um, I don't think that would be the case as as it'll bring you back because most of our deployed military, uh, I say most, but there's a lot of them that are a, a, a new generation of soldiers, right? Sure. Um, and, um, you know, the men and the women that serve, uh, and, and in this case, actively de- deployed military, um, you're looking a lot in the 18 to 22-year-old category, which to sure. me, this is more about a, a little bit of time off, a little bit of time away from the stresses and gotcha. demands. Um, you know, in a military environment, a lot of structure, a lot of demands of your time. This is the one thing you could sit back and relax. And, sure. I, you know, I would like to say that if you're sitting on the hood of your Humvee, Uh, the back end of your Black Hawk helicopter on a carrier deck, you know, um, to be able to sit down and have a cigar 30, 45 minutes, an hour. Maybe you're alone. Maybe you're with a friend. uh, Maybe you're writing a letter to home. But I think it's a nice escape from it all. You know, just enjoy it a little bit. So similar to what we use it for is to escape, get away from the day-to-day grind, just relax and decompress. That brings the veterans the exact same uh, I, I think so. I think so. And if nothing else, it's a nice gesture right. for us here in in the States to be able to uh, give and to uh, give them the option. And I tell you, you know, cigars are one of those things that um, when people are angry and they're sad, they typically drink and they smoke. 
Right. When people are excited, uh, when they're victorious, uh, when they're celebrating, they typically drink and they smoke. So how can we sure. be wrong? If we get them cigars, right. no matter what their mood is, maybe it'll fit right. It'll fit right. Yeah. Good. Well, what are we smoking today? We obviously are going to go with probably what's in the box, not the exact same size, but the exact same blend. I think so. This is we're gonna we're gonna smoke the Jacob's Ladder. So this was our IPCPR 2017 release. It's made up of a Amish-grown Lancaster Broadleaf 401 double wrapper. It's also a double Lajero. Um, Ooh, wow. You'll notice on that cold draw that you just had there, it is rich. Uh, you can tell it's a strong cigar, but it's it's got a little natural sweetness, almost like a molasses um, from that combination. So again, as all Southern draw cigars are produced at the AJ Fernandez factory in Esteli, Nicaragua, um, I would categorize this as a full-bodied, full-flavored cigar. Perfect. But I'd also say that uh, um, it's approachable. It's very strong. It's very bold. Not so peppery, but more meaty and fatty and greasy, kind of like the you know going to one of these local Texas barbecue joints and right. smelling that smoke, right? So I say let's give it a pull. Um, Sounds good to me. This is going to set the tone for the new release tomorrow, which is the new format in this blend. Perfect. Right off, Rob, you'll notice that all of our cigars have a closed foot. Um, really, we 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 have access to and we're able to use a, uh, a some well-aged and very well-fermented tobaccos. So if you look at that closed foot, really that is just part of the wrapper that encases the foot of that cigar. Yep. So when you put a little flame to it, and I don't always use a lighter, only when we're expediting, but I usually use a match. Your first two or three draws on that cigar, you're going to taste the wrapper by itself. Nice. And then the lighter, the wrapper is going to ignite the binder and filler, and then you'll taste the blend. That's the intention of it. Okay. Good to know. So as you were saying, tomorrow, um, because of the charity aspect of this Ignite project, the Jacob's Ladder Lancero box press is going to be the uh, the highlight of the show for us. And again, I think it's important to, to mention that uh, early on when we conceptualized this project, we talked about um, this Humajar concept of new releases for us, our, our newest and our best blends going into a charity aspect. In this case, Casa de Monte Cristo has matched uh, the contributions of Southern Draw. So each jar that we produced, not that we sold, that we produced $7.50 in cash goes to the purchasing of and shipping of cigars to, in this case, Operation Cigars for Warriors. Perfect. Uh, and then what you've done as a company is stepped up and sure we had the appropriate 69% RH, yep. pack it in there, make sure we keep that Bovita seal so that uh, both the consumers and hopefully those that receive this product as a, as a gift through donations will also know that that thing has been sealed uh, with that quality. So again, if we're in Afghanistan, we're in Iraq, we're in you know South Korea, we're you know we're on a on a carrier, for example. No matter right. what the climate is, we know that we're going to have a good quality product. Perfect. Well, we appreciate you giving us the opportunity to be a part of that anyway. So it'll be a good event tomorrow, and I can't wait to see how it is well received. Absolutely. So. Where did Southern Draw Cigar start? How did you kind of conceptualize the idea of like, this is the alley, this is the road I'm going to go down? You know, I don't know that it was ever a crystal, you know, vision or strategy, uh, happenstance maybe. Um, I spent a good portion of uh, the eight or 10 years before we started Southern Draw uh, in the telecom industry, uh, primarily in the Central and South American region, uh, basically bringing state-of-the-art wireless telephone networks uh, and expanding that. So what we had in building cell phone towers in these businesses is a lot of a lot of talent or a lot of resources that were of Cuban or of Dominican, uh, Honduran, Nicaraguan, 
Ecuadorian descent, and they all knew tobaccos. So it was just natural that over time, as a longtime cigar smoker, they said, you got to come visit my uncle, my cousin, my brother, my sister. And what happened is, I'm an engineer by trade. It it was an intrigue to me of understanding the process. Um, Farming is one thing, but the process after that, the aging and fermentation and blending of tobacco. So I spent eight years going to basically every factory, every farm, being invited to many homes. just learning everything I could. I always keep notebooks of my daily sure. discussions. And it got down to, as an engineer, looking at me, you know, you want to reverse engineer something to figure out how it works. Right. Well, I wanted to do that with cigars and say, all these different tobaccos have all these different characteristics. And scientifically, they take so much different attention when it comes to the processing and aging. So it was an intrigue, I think, that brought it brought it, uh, brought it, it uh, to the forefront for our family. Um, but the turning point was uh, about 10 years ago, coming back from many of my international travels and talking about the struggles of the local people, talking about the humility and the hard work and the ethic, but still knowing that they didn't have the basic needs. And sure. uh, as Sharon and I sat down, we, we talked about this industry as a, as a vehicle, a vehicle to do good, uh, a vehicle to uh, maybe take care of a few people. We, we couldn't just hand them cash. Right. Uh, there's, there's no way to really guarantee that the we're going to yield results. But what we can do is make sure that the jobs that they have are stable. And sure. uh, ultimately, I just look at this as an art like I look at jazz. You know, I mean, yeah. it is a lost art to think that it takes 300 hands from a seed to a cigar. We hear it in the media all the time. We've read it for many years, but it baffles me uh, that we don't really appreciate it in that sense of the art form, right? right. So, um, when it comes down to Southern Draw, uh, a good friend of mine that's a marketing guy, um, we sat down over a couple of beers right right in Lakeway, Texas. So we can talk about Austin now. We were in Austin, right. uh, which is where Southern Draw's <laughs> headquarters are. And uh, he said, Robert, hypothetical, same question you just asked. If you could have a cigar brand, what would it be? And I pulled out a, a Sharpie on a beer napkin and I wrote Southern Draw. And then I thought, well, that sounds a little too southern it's a little slow right but then i thought about the science of a cigar what's my biggest complaint i used to when i smoke right. cigars i'm like it doesn't draw you know it, it doesn't, doesn't draw, draw. Right. so i dropped the l and it was southern draw one part hospitality and faith and family and one part the science of the cigar what can we do to address all the things the little things that go into making a cigar what can we do better to make us different right very interesting i like that you said a couple of key words that i picked up on uh one part faith and family right and on your website i read that you had a, a bit of a in quotations a culture of honor and what does that mean for southern draw scars you know really it's an evolution of our mission or our vision uh, that started that website has not changed since the day we put it up uh, but it really came down to the fact that um, not only myself but my brothers and my fathers and all the men in our family before us and even my sister and, and uh, actually two sisters have served in the military. And it was about defending something. It was about standing up for something. And I think um, getting caught up in a international struggles and, and international politics is one thing. But if we look here in our backyard, uh, we find a lot of division. We find a lot of uh, uh, exclusion. We find a lot of uh, uh, wedges being driven between us and society. And I think uh, for us, this was the one vehicle that we could sit down and have a conversation. It was the one vehicle that makes us all equal. And when I say that, it's it's race, color, creed, sex, it's fine, but 
I wanted my wife to be on the journey with me. I feel like my wife sure. has a strong influence not only on me, but many other people. So we want to defend what's right, which is, this is a luxury, absolutely. It's a lifestyle choice. We're, we're adults. And right. you know, part of that defense is obviously cigar rights and premium rights. Part of it is my wife should feel comfortable and respected to walk into any cigar shop that sells our brand, uh, to participate and be respected. And I think that's the case. I think we have a new generation where a new younger generation coming into smoking cigars. Uh, but we kind of want to take the best of what we grew up with, which was hospitality, which was faith. You know, all the things that were a priority. And you mentioned it a few moments ago, you know, my shirt having chief evangelist. It's something that she and I talked about early on. Let's keep the good Lord as the priority. Sure. Let's keep our family as a priority. And the business really comes last. This just happens to be that tool that puts all that together. Right. Uh, the family aspect of Southern Draw and what I read on your website, um, as a family man yourself, you've been noted to name two cigars after your own kin and also your wife. How does that influence and shape the way you proceed with this business? Um, I think to answer the question, Rob, I've got to go back a little bit. Let's talk about the first two cigars. The first two cigars that Southern Draw released were the Kudzu and the Firethorn. And if you're from the South, you kind of know what that is. If you're not, you sure. might not. But um, for me, the Kudzu is this invasive vine that was brought in from Southeast Asia in the late 1800s for soil erosion. It started there in South Florida and Georgia. And it's now expanded and grown all the way up to Canada, out to Washington, out to California. It's, it's, it's known as the weed that invaded the South. Um, but for me, during my military career, um, a lot of that was spent at Fort Gordon, Georgia. A lot of, of my comings and goings were between there and uh, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, home of 101st Airborne. Um, so when I came back after six years of living internationally and being deployed to a lot of different uh, unsavory areas, um, this Kudzu was a welcome sight. It was invasive. It had grown up over the gas stations and the telephone poles and the broken down cars and tractors, right? But sure. to me, it was like... Uh, coming back from war and kissing the ground when you get off the plane. Okay. Uh, it, it was it was something that said, invasive or not, it belongs here. It's part of what we are and who we are. And I think we need to celebrate it. So really, Southern Draw started in the South. And I think today we're in 45 states and 12 countries. And we've really been blessed. So I think Kudzu was the right way to start. Firethorn, very similarly, it's uh, the 15th hole at Augusta National Golf Course, which is in Augusta, Georgia, sure. which is just outside the gates of Fort Gordon, Georgia. Exactly. And there's a long military family history with someone I wanted to pay respect to. Uh, so those first two blends were about the past and where I came from and my origins. Okay. Um, everything I do in the future is about the people that are most influential and supportive in my life. And it's not ironic, I don't think, that uh, uh, the first of those was the Rose of Sharon. Sure. Um, you'll have a chance this weekend to spend time with her. Um, everything that I've said in the media, uh, everything we've talked about in the blend profile and the characteristics of that cigar um, is spot on. Sure. It was a long time coming, uh, but the strongest influence, the most calming influence uh, of anyone I know in the world is her, which is unbelievable. After 23 years, it, we still have that. But uh, um, the message has been carried through the media so well about that cigar. The cigar does well. I'm going, I don't know if the reviews and the ratings at the end of year is because the cigar is that good or is because the message is that good. And right. either way, we're blessed. We're okay. But we're message first. Perfect. The blend is second. And then let's get to the Jacob's Ladder. You know, the Jacob's Ladder is named for my son. Um, it's uh, His name is Ethan Jacob. He is a big, strong, strapping young lad of 17. It's about my size. Um, he's uh, 
the embodiment of this blend. Uh, he's a very faithful young man, uh, but he also has these little sweet notes. He has these, his, like I said, he's big but approachable, right? Much right. like the blend. Um, but I see him in a generation of, as we call millennials, a generation of I don't care, a generation of me first. Um, I don't see that anymore. I see that old soul. I see the soul that is mother handed down. So I tell people, um, I've traveled a lot in 20 something years that I've been with her and not um, nothing for nothing. By design, I wanted her to have the most influence in his life than I did, than I had. So he's about 60% her, 40% me. Sure. Maybe 70, 30, right? <laughs> uh, but the truth is, um, he's our future. Uh, sure. He's our future, much like I believe A.J. Fernandez is the future of this industry in a lot of ways, whether he sells or doesn't sell. He just turned 40, right? I saw my son as, if this is for him, if this is a path he chooses, I feel comfortable and confident that he's going to carry the message and, and, the, and the mission of what we do. So, again, all multi-meeting names. They're all biblical references. They're also all wildflowering plants that happen to be really beautiful. And sure. So there's three meanings of, behind everything that we do in the cigar names. Right. And there's more to come. Exactly. Well, we look forward to it. I can't do this with... Because this quote is in depth that you have on here. And it really kind of like hit me. Um, Charles Simmons. Yeah. The Charles Simmons quote really, really hit me um, that you have. And I'm going to have to just read this out. Um, True greatness consists of being great in little things. And then... It goes on to say integrity is the first step to that true greatness. And I guess I want to know how do you embody this and what does that mean to you? It's a great question. And I don't know if by definition Robert Holt embodies it. It's a it's a endeavor. Um, this quote is very specific. And, you know, one thing over the many years of never really having a mentor in my life uh, just kind of growing up as an independent, growing up and experiencing the things that I've experienced. Um, one thing is has, has always come to surface. Everything matters. Well, if everything matters, then to us, it's the little things that matter most. Because right. those are the things that typically that make us different, that, that we can control. Um, the cigar industry is no different. Everybody grows tobacco. Everybody ferments tobacco. Everybody ages tobacco. Everybody blends cigars. Everybody produces cigars. Uh, but it's the subtle little differences that make us all unique and different. Um, it's the one thing that we can do different and better. Um, but I can also tell you that I came from humble and meager beginnings, and I'm there again. But I can sure. tell you in between, uh, a lot of success, uh, economic, financial successes, um, a lot of risks. Uh, but ultimately... Um, Many people ask me this when we first started the business. How did we get in the business? I'll tell you straight up where this where this quote comes from is um, we made had tremendous wealth at some point, uh, but I made all the decisions. I made the decisions for, to the benefit of financial security because I always said if I had this, I would do something more. If I won the lottery, I would do this. If, if, if. And the reality is let's learn to do with the best we can with what we have. And, sure. uh, and, and really, you know, this quote is, is, is integrity is what caused the, the damage, whether it was my own integrity, uh, whether it was the integrity of the people we did business with that I was warned against by my own wife that had the in, in, insight, that had the mother's intuition, right. uh, that just had an outsider's point of view. So I think integrity for us is where it starts. Um, I think everybody can agree that over the last four years, we really came out of nowhere. 
we're right. working hard. Uh, we're getting good support from our retail partners, good support from our media partners, good support from our friends at AJ Fernandez. Did he have to move anything else aside to let Southern draw on the door? Absolutely not. Coming in wounded, coming in damaged to that relationship with AJ, um, I had everything in a nice contract, a big lawyer, reams of paper, you know, in, in triplicate, in Spanish, in English, Portuguese, you know, four <laughs> different languages. We're going to make sure that this is covered because it's never going to happen to us again. Right. And we get through it all. And this little thing that mattered most was AJ standing up from behind his desk and saying, listen, I'm just a farmer. Which was, I, that's why I was there. He was a farmer. I wanted to make sure we had sustainability in tobacco. Right. And he said, and in my mind, you're really just a farmer. He goes, how about you and I just shake hands? We'll make this contract this simple. Right. Banks and investments don't like this kind of stuff, but banks and investments don't always look out for the brand and the mission, right? Right. So this little thing was really all about the integrity in that relationship, and it's pretty simple, simple to measure. Here's our blends. Here's our production. You make cigars, we write you a check. Do everything we ask, and we write you a check. We quit writing you a check, you quit making us cigars. Is it harder than that? No. And I think that was a lesson for me to expose myself again and to not, again, not legally protect myself. Uh, but it's worked wonders to learn to trust again, to learn to do business with people with integrity first, people that are of faith. And I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about faith. So all it came, everything we did came down to that one quote. And that quote has been on the front of our website since the first day that site went active. And there's probably not a day that goes by that we don't read it and remember it. No, it's a very good one. Like, like I said, it hit me right away once I read it. I was like, wow, that's something deeper here. There is, and there is. Would you say that, and we've covered maybe what the mission of Southern Draw Cigars is, but are we leaving anything out? Is there anything that we haven't talked about? Because it sounds like this is a very mission-driven project that you're on. You're right, Rob. I, I We are mission-driven. And um, we're leaving a lot out in a sense that there's always these details um, of why we do and how we do. We're not always making everybody happy, right? It's hard right. to make everybody happy, the smallest retailer to the largest partners. Right. But it's a strategy. And for us, the mission comes first. And the mission is right here on the jar. Let all things be done with charity. It says it right there, right? We'll go to 1 Corinthians. And what we've decided over the after the first four years of our business is at the end of the year, Rob, we took what we had, what little meager earnings we had sure. and we gave it away and we contributed it. But that's not really what our mission was supposed to be in the beginning. Our mission was supposed to be give our first and our best and we keep what's left over and we share with our family. So we want to return back to the original mission was let's find retail partners. Let's find consumers. Let's find sponsors that agree that we should give our first and our best up front. And the success will come, I believe. We, we want to set a precedent, not just for Southern Draw, but we'd like to see other manufacturers and other brands do something similar. It's easy at the end of the year to give what you have left in the warehouse or to do a tax write-off and, and donate X, Y, and Z. But it takes a true commitment to give it up front and have the faith that it's all going to be okay in the end. So, again, we are mission-driven. Um, but that mission has been refined over this little bit of time. I mean, in, in the in this industry, the last four years is big for us, but small for everybody else, right? I mean, we're we're still just babies, um, right. and we learn every day. But uh, um, that mission is being accomplished because a lot of other brands that have come before us, a lot of godfathers, a lot of kings in yeah. this business have helped us out. Right. And we hope that 
that rapport is open. We hope that our story is open. We hope that people measure us based on what we do. And that's why we're out there every day saying, we're not gonna give up, we're not gonna slow down, we're not gonna go away, FDA be damned. We're just not doing it. We're, sure. we're, gonna, we're gonna stick to it. So I think you know the mission is, is, is still there intact. It'll continue to evolve as we get better and we have more resources. But uh, hopefully the humility remains and uh, the messages remain. And I can promise you this, we won't release a product for the sake of releasing a product. We won't bring something new to the market just because the market demands something new. There's going to be a reason behind it, and it's going to be a quantifiable reason when we put it out there. Right. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit about the Jacob's Ladder and when you wanted to release that, and it kind of got hung up just because you said you didn't want to release it right away and it wasn't the right time. So I appreciate you looking out not only for the profitability so that you can go out and do that mission, but also for the consumers, for us, sure. so that we get a product that when we go and invest our hard-earned dollars, we get the opportunity to say, wow, that was enjoyable. Sure. I enjoyed investing in that. I just don't think we can, we can't market or advertise or buy our way into the market, and we right. can't buy the loyalty. We can only do the best we can do with what we have, and uh, sometimes that's not good enough, sometimes it's acceptable. Um, but at least we're self-aware that that's what we're, we're working within the parameters of what's available to us. And um, we rely on, uh, you know, grace of God, number one, but and I don't want to sound cliche, but we really believe what we believe. And right. uh, we realize that that's not always the popular angle. We're, we're very conservative in our approach, but uh, we're very diligent in our efforts too. You know, and I think, uh, uh, you know, keep the relationships intact, take care of the partners, uh, stay engaged with the consumers make sure that we're approachable at all times that they can reach us they can call us they can text us they can email us they can use social media um we don't have people right. it's just us right and we want to make sure it, we want to add people right yep. um, and there's a lot of family that we, you and i haven't even discussed that have been part of this behind the scenes sure. now between now and the trade show this year you're going to get a, a reveal of who some of them are as new products come out that talk about who they are and what they've done for us and they, nice. don't, and they don't even know it yet. So we're going to have some more fun at the trade show if everything works out right as we kind of tell another story that needs Great. to be told. So being such a small company and having to try to get out there in front of people, do you bring Sharon along with you on the road? Does she like to, to accompany you and travel with you and kind of be that, that aspect of, uh, I guess, family out on the road? Um, not as much as I'd like. Um, Sharon has a undefined role and responsibility of the company. Um, first of all, um, she handles our customer service and our sales and our distribution and our accounting. Yep. Um, it's a hundred plus hour a week kind of job. Overwhelm. Sure. Um, two, um, I'm built for the road, right? I, it's, it's another animal. She's not built that way. Uh, she's also a mother priority. Yep. Um, and she's also a member in the community and the church, so those are priority. But I will tell you, tomorrow we'll see her. She's here in town running some errands now. Um, okay. She does get out. In a couple of weeks, she's going to accompany us to uh, New England um, to do uh, Rhode Island, Connecticut, New Hampshire, which we're doing very well there, and my son. So both of them get out, you know, three or four times a year with us. And, and it's usually the bigger events um, where we optimize her time because I'll tell you something. I'm not good at the back office. It won't get done. <laughs> Bills won't get paid, brother. So as much as I'd like to have her out there, but it, it, your point, it goes back to as we grow and more of our family members can join us and we can afford them, they're going to start taking some of those roles where Sharon's where she needs to be, which is taking sure. care of me on the road, participating. Because I'll tell you, you'll see it tomorrow. She'll outsell me 10 to 1. There's a reason for it. 
and there's a reason for it. Sure. Uh, her demeanor is second to none, and uh, it's right. going to be fun for you guys to, to, to see her in action tomorrow, but we'd like to see that more often. Great. That's a good treat. Oh, absolutely. So I, I'm going through, obviously, um, in my life, an engagement and a marriage coming up. So with this family aspect to your business and the huge important role that Sharon plays, to anybody out there, what would be your advice? <laughs> There's a lot of advice, but I'll tell you, again, it's not to me- meant to be cliche at all. If you don't have faith and that faith is not a priority, then there's no way for you to build that relationship. There's no way to establish the things that everything around you is bent on destroying. This 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 world that we live in is full of cruelty and evil. And everybody, most people, I say everybody, but most people approach everything with one foot out the door. Am I right? Go in, go in deep and commit. And, and again, that integrity and honor is, uh, is, is priority number one. And only faith will give you that. And I'll tell you this, listen, Sharon's always been who she is. I have not. And I can tell you early on that she was right. And she was patient. That's what it takes. Patience. So it'll be okay. Sorry, guys. What an endeavor, though. All right, Robert. Um, I kind of want to know what you like to smoke in general. Like, what do you gravitate towards? What cigars enthuse you and what kind of strikes your palate? Um, I had this discussion out in Melbourne, Florida last week, and I feel like I, I might have been a little, uh, not aggressive, but maybe misunderstood in what I said. I was not disparaging brands and smaller brands and hobby brands at all when I gave the a response. I'm going to be very, very careful, but very direct in the response. I'm on the road a lot because I have to be. I'm on the road a lot because I want to be. I want to spend time with our retailers and our customers. Again, a shop that has two chairs and one ashtray or a shop that's as large as this. We want to be there. We enjoy the conversation. So what happens in those travels is you come across other people in the industry. And the ones that I've come across the most demonstrate to me that they're in it. It's not a hobby. They're not sitting on a nest egg. They're not just letting other people do their heavy lifting. What we like to see and what Robert Holt likes to see in any brand is the people that are out putting it on the line every day, working hard to build their brand and to share their own mission and their own vision. So here's the answer. Obviously, AJ Fernandez, I'm there for a reason from the San Latino days to where we are. His, sure. his growth has been incredible, well-deserved. Um, but I smoke a lot of AJ Fernandez, obviously. Um, you'll notice in my post, there's a lot of reference there. I don't go overboard. Um, I smoke um, when I can. You were just with him yesterday. I'm a Crow Magnum guy. Sure. Roma Craft. Again, not to be, be cliche, there's the shirt. Um, did they, from Austin, Texas, um, have to share what they've shared with Southern Draw over the years? Did they have to give us an audience? Did they have to uh, pick up the tab on a few dinners that were a little more expensive than somebody like us could handle? Absolutely not. Did they have to open their books in their factory and say, this is how we do it and this is why? Take what you will? No. So I've said it before. I appreciate them and I'll smoke Crow Magnon as long as the shop has them. Um, <laughs> and when they don't, I, I'll, I'll move over to the Aquitaine. Um, right. And I do smoke a little intemperance from time to time, but but Roma Craft's one of those. Um, uh, when we first started, I've told this story before, 
when we first started, and I mean the first time we're putting cigars on the market, Sharon or I are in a cigar shop having a cigar by herself at the end of a long day. Mm-hmm. I won't say where, but it, just in the corner. And all of a sudden, this line of people, a lot of hoopla, you know, brouhaha. Everybody was <laughs> acting a fool, and I'm like, something's going on. And I see a gentleman walk in that I recognize, and I see his rep walk in, and I saw the table go out, saw the tablecloth go down, I saw mountains of cigars. And then I see our friends, Eric from Cigar Dojo and others. And I said, Sharon, they're having an event tonight. And she says, let's go. We get our little travel case that keeps pretty much every cigar we own in. And uh, we walk for the door. And this gentleman walks outside and says, where are you going? And he says, "Uh, come back in. I said, it's your event. Didn't realize you're having an event. I'm just spending a few hours with my wife. And he says, come back in and visit with us. Not only did he do that, he said, move my cigars off to the side or off the table. Southern draw, pull out everything you have. There's not a person in this room that doesn't know who I am. Nobody knows who you are. Put them out there, tell us about them, let's burn a few sticks. His name is Eric Espinosa. I will always support that guy. Wow. Classic, classy guy. Um, So other advice too, but that was a a moment that was defining in this industry for this little no-name brand to come up. And maybe it's because my wife's pretty. I don't know. Eric sure. will have to answer that yeah, when you yeah. talk to him. Right. But but he did it. Um, Steve Saka, you know, just in the last couple of years, he's just so candid. So any conversation we have, maybe I'll take one or two tidbits of information. Um, and ultimately, I might use it later on to try to one-up him. Because right now, he's hot. And yeah. and, and I want to suppress him. You know, I want to quit right. selling. No, really, I... I, 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 I I saw last year when he went on the road those couple of 9,000, 10,000 mile trips that he says, it don't matter that I used to be this at JR or this at, at Drew Estate. This is who I am today. Right. And you know what he's got on the other side? He's got Miss Cindy working her butt off in the office, keeping it going, getting the orders filled, taking care of customers. It's a very similar situation. I don't have a pedigree. He does. But yet, sure. when he smokes a cigar and he gives me advice, I'm going to listen. Right. Um, the other ones, people like, you know, Island Jim, Jim Robinson, you know, and Oscar. Yes. Um to create a cigar for your little shop in one little town in Pittsburgh that's now probably, I'll say conservatively, it's probably in 2,000 shops in the world. The right. Leaf by Oscar, right. right? And to really just be a good, fun-loving guy that wants a cigar for your own shop to turn it into that empire. And he's a giver. Uh, he shared information, accounts, priorities, relationships. So listen, um, I'm, I'm not going to go into all of them, but those are some of the key brands and cigars. I won't get into specific blends. Uh, it's usually whatever ones they hand me. Um, sure. But I, but I enjoy it. I appreciate it. Um, and uh, and I hope there's more along this journey over the next year or two where I get you know more involved and spend more time with the Nick Malilos over the world because we share a lot in the factory. Um, nice. There are some of his things obviously made at AJ's. So, you know, that'll continue. But it, as in any relationship, it takes time. And uh, I'll continue to smoke the cigars of the people I see working hard and sharing their message. Um, sure. Not, you know, I'm not big on them the marketing advertising side of it. Right. I want the relationship part of it. I want the conversation. Yeah. You want to be engaged. Absolutely. What's a, what's a common misconception that's out there in about the industry or something that you have said, Hey, it's not really as accurate as it uh, may seem. To me, the, the, the most common is the understanding of what it takes to turn four or five or six or seven different leaves of tobacco into a cigar. A lot of complaints over quality, a lot of complaints over draw, a lot of complaints over price. And the reality of it, some of those are are the little things that you can't address, right? 
But if you understand the art form, you understand that it's not going to ever be perfect. You understand that when you post one negative result on social media, it doesn't make up with a hundred positive comments. Right. Sometimes you keep that to the side. So the, pre, the, the, the notion is when you use social media to file a complaint or to, to try to get other people to agree with you, all you're doing is damaging a lot of hard work that came from a lot of people that need this in their lives. It's provided some form of stability, some sort of just general needs. Uh, but you're bashing an art form. If you don't like it, don't like it. If you don't like jazz, don't listen to jazz. Right. You know, if you don't like blues, don't listen to blues. But you don't have to tell the world you don't like it. We don't care. Sure. If you're going to reach out to the company and share a message and say, I've had this experience, you know, it's okay. We appreciate it. You know what? We're going to probably take care of you. Right. Almost everybody. I don't care how big or small. So the, the sure. notion is those comments don't go unnoticed. Those comments have a, have a, have a price to pay. Yep. So the best thing is just keep it to yourself. And, and I think if people understood what it takes to put a cigar on the market, they would understand that it happens. Right. If I ignore you three or four times and you got the same problem, maybe you want to take it to another level and communicate it. It's okay. Right. You know, Yelp's there for a reason, right? Right. But you can hurt a lot of people. Sure. Not just Robert Holt. You can hurt everybody down the line. Don't do it. Yeah. So. That's good. Good advice. Well, Robert, I thank you very much for sharing your afternoon with us, sharing a Jacob's Ladder cigar, and joining us on Box Press. Tell some of the people where they can find um, either the cigars or how to get connected to Southern Draw Cigars. And, and likewise, we appreciate uh, being included and getting to spend the afternoon. And it's going to be a great weekend. We're going to spend some more time right. together. Uh, SouthernDrawCigars.com. Now the website's not always updated as it should, but the general information is there. Um, the growing list of retailers is there. I think, again, we're in about 45, 46 states right now in the U.S., around 600 accounts. So we've got a lot of good value retail partners. Um, we're sitting in Casa de Monte Cristo, which now has cor 20 corporate stores, I believe. So we're working hard with them to add some diversity, not just the larger brands. So the Roma Crafts and Southern Draws and Sockas of the World. Um, we're active on social media every minute of every day. Um, sure. Our goal is to respond to every piece of content that comes in good or bad um so uh southern draw cigars on facebook uh, instagram twitter sd cigars um and uh we're very active in the events you know so if you're a consumer looking for it let us know where you're at and we'll find a retailer that has it if you're a retailer obviously you want to contact me robert at southern draw cigars.com and uh we'll uh get some get some excuse me <clears throat> get some cigars in your hands and uh, come visit you we typically don't open accounts unless we visit the shop Let's see oh, if it works good. for both of us. So I appreciate the time. You know, it's, it's going to be a good time, and we'll we'll continue down our path uh, here with uh, with your great product as well. Your product, make sure our product's delivered, uh, you know, in its best quality and uh, best condition. So thank you again. Not You're more than welcome, and we appreciate you instilling that faith in us to continue on that journey of having good product and uh, good things for consumers to enjoy. You can check out more Box Press episodes on our podcast platforms, as well as YouTube at Boveda Inc. And you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs>